Hi there everyone, it's A Squared here, your atypical anaesthetist and today's episode is going to be about gaming uh, with a very special guest, uh, a man who spent a large amount of time of his life gaming um, and contrasting his experiences in the 21st century to mine in the late 20th century as regards uh, gaming, gaming platforms, etc. So without further ado, here's the show. Hi there, you guys. It's Dr. A Squared here, or the atypical anaesthetist. And today we're going to be talking about gaming. Um, now, I'm a crusty middle-aged man. What do I know about gaming, hey? You know, um, well, I do know a little bit, but I know a guy who knows a little bit more. Uh, I have a very special guest on today, um, a man who you could say is has spent uh, 90% of his life gaming, yeah, yeah, it, yeah, even though he's only 18. Um, let me welcome uh, uh, our listeners to Hash. Hey, Hash, how you doing? I'm fine. Hope everyone else listening is as well. Yeah, cool. You, uh, are, uh, with gaming as a, your uh, primary hobby, you must be loving lockdown. Yeah, I couldn't have asked for anything else, to be honest. Yeah, well, that's cool. That's cool. So, um... <laughs> Oh, what 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 are your uh what are your current gaming uh devices that you have that you you know things that you actually play games on? Well, for me right now, the main thing is kind of keeping connections with friends, and for me, gaming's like a great way to do that. So I'm mostly sitting on my PC playing with anyone who's online. To be honest, playing any game that's available. Okay, so you're more. Uh, you're more w- along on the PC line rather than uh, Xboxes and yeah, uh, PS5. Now. PS4, sorry. PS5 hasn't come out yet. Uh, yeah. yeah. Although we'll get to talk about that in a minute. Um, and so, but you can do um, uh, connections through the PS4 or through Xbox as well. I mean, I've seen people with headsets uh, playing console yeah. games. So why why... Why does PC gaming um, offer that bit more for you? For me, the style of games I play are like first-person shooters. And okay. I'm just like more comfortable with the mouse and keyboard, especially aiming with the mouse. Mm-hmm. I feel like having a controller almost handicaps me. So mm-hmm. that's one of the reasons I switched to PC. Mm-hmm. And also the frame rates are not capped. Okay. So as long as you have something that can run the game smoothly i'd say pcs is a better shout okay do you and have everything nowadays it's also cross-platform so it doesn't really matter what you use essentially Mm-hmm. okay so do you have your own gaming rig yeah i recently actually built it around february i'd say okay okay so what kind of specs are we looking at well i have a 1070 overclocked and then i have a AMD Ryzen 3700X, I believe. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure exactly on the specs, but um, it was a big upgrade from what I had before anyway. It was like a boost of around like 200 FPS on most games, and everything's a lot smoother now. Okay. Um, 
do you um I, obviously you've probably got got to have good audio visual kind of uh, uh devices as well to deal with it so do you have like a funky monitor or yeah i got a monitor for my birthday just a couple of years ago mm-hmm. and um now I have 144 hertz, which playing, which switching from to that from 60 hertz is a big difference as well. Yeah, you kind of don't realize it until you try them both out. But it's kind of like going into a new world and like unlocking a new level in your life. Mm. I I I know exactly what you mean actually because it's a it's a similar thing that's been happening with phones. Um, yeah. we're now we're now getting these high refresh rate displays on phones, so the standard is 60 hertz. Um, and now, and since last year, there's been an upward shift, 90, 120. There's even a gaming phone, which does have 144 hertz. Yeah, I believe Razer may You know, um, and so, um, and yes, you're right. You, know, you might not think you need it, but once you do it, you just, you just kind of can't go back. You go yeah. back and you just kind of go, I, you know, I, you can feel the sluggishness. Do you know what I mean? It's almost kind of, you know, it's like a spinal reflex kind of uh, uh, thing. So that's where you are at the moment. So uh, with your, uh, uh, in your gaming life, um, where did you start? Well, I probably started as soon as I could touch a controller, but I didn't actually have a console for quite a while. Like five, six years of my life, I didn't have anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I used to just go over to friends' houses and play. I remember going to your old house playing on the PS2. Oh, yes. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the first console I ever got was uh, PS3, I believe. And that was around like 8 or 7. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I got that, you couldn't get me off it. So. Okay. That's where everything started. Okay. And have you always been you know you get guys who are like uh we're xbox guys or you get guys who are or we're ps guys yeah uh, and things like that were you any one of those or were you more kind of uh um how do i put it you know um promiscuous in your uh, uh in your gaming well initially i was a playstation guy myself but and the thing that made me switch was uh, the fact that all my friends were Xbox guys. So and back then there was no cross platform. So mm-hmm. when the next gen of consoles came out, I got an Xbox just so I could play with people. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's what decides it for most people. Like you grow up in an area where like all your friends have Xboxes or Playstations, and you end up just following them. And then once you get there, you kind of stuck there. So yeah, and it's interesting, isn't it? It's an interesting aspect of human behavior, isn't it? How we all gravitate, ultimately, when it, you know you gravitate towards one thing, even if you yourself don't think it's the best, but because everybody else is, I'm not. It, it's not a sheep yeah. mentality, but more of a kind of a necessity kind of thing, you know. Yeah. Like, for example, again on mobile, there's loads of me- messaging apps, but everybody yeah. gra- everybody's graduated towards WhatsApp because yeah. most people use WhatsApp. And, you know, if you go to them, well, actually, I've got this, you know, I'm, I'm using this cool app which has all these features. And they'll call, okay, well, I'm on WhatsApp. And so, yeah. you know. I'm, I feel I, like fear of missing out and all that stuff kind of has an impact. And also, like, not wanting to regret like, missing out on something that everyone else is enjoying. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. FOMO, as they call it. FOMO. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so then, so, so you, you know, you, uh, you've got your Xbox 
uh, one it would have been, wouldn't it, after the PS3. Mm-hmm. You've got your Xbox One and, you know, uh, you're, you're using that. When did the shift then go to PC? Um, one of my close friends actually got me to play Minecraft and that wasn't really, like, the Xbox version of Minecraft was, like, years behind the PC version. Okay. So I used to play on, like, my dad's work laptop and he used to, like, not be able to run anything at all. I used to get, like, 10 FPS, but I still played it for, like, hours every day. I don't even know how. Mm-hmm. But it was just, like, something new for me. So I kind of, once I got into Minecraft, I started working towards getting an actual PC. Mm-hmm. But um, I didn't actually get one for years, so I was kind of locked into Minecraft for a while. And then mm-hmm. as new games came out, I got those. Okay. So uh, do you... Um... Do you uh, get your games through physical media? You know, like back in the day, you'd get CDs yeah. and stuff, or DVDs, so, uh, should I say? Uh, yeah. do, you, do you go it that way, or do you go, you know, the digital kind of download kind of way? Well, nowadays, it's mostly download, especially with lockdown. Okay. But um, I remember back when I was young, I used to definitely go to shops and get them, because there was almost like a special feeling about actually, like, holding the game and the disc and, like, the whole, like, packaging. Yeah. I'm mean, yeah. sure you remember like going to many game stores. Oh, I mean, I remember. I remember spending hours uh, looking and checking out, and the boxes would have all sorts of stuff in them and yeah. manuals. Yeah, like read the back and everything. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, it used to be the same uh, with music as well. You know, there was always something special about going to a music store and checking out. You know, the albums and you know, getting a feel of the stuff. I mean, I'm. I'm not so vintage that I was listening to vinyl, but, you know, I was, you yeah. know, a CD and cassette, for example. Did you ever, like, camp out outside a shop one night or something? Uh, no, I didn't. Um, I think uh, my parents would have killed me at the time had yeah. I decided to do that. Um, yeah. but, but, there were, but there were definitely times um, where I bought stuff at what might have seemed slightly inappropriate times because I knew that they were out and I wanted to get hold of it as soon yeah. as possible. As I remember once uh, um, a, we, we went to a, I think we went to a funeral mm-hmm. and then we stopped uh, at... This uh, can't at, be good. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, we, uh, and then we stopped at uh, some, you know, a shopping centre on the way back yeah. Uh, I don't know whether it was to get some groceries or what it was or the other. And uh, I, I, I kind of slipped in and bought a DVD. <laughs> I remember because yeah. it had just come out. And I remember thinking to myself, it's probably, uh, there's something feeling wrong about this. I shouldn't be yeah. doing this. But, <laughs> you know. Um, but th- see, that's where the landscape was, you see. And now, you know, yeah. with. I kind of uh, feel sad for kids nowadays that they don't get to experience that feeling. Yeah. Like for them, it's just like um, get the credit card and buy something digitally, and then give a couple hours in it on store, and then I'll play. Yeah, I mean, but there used to be like the whole journey of being in the car, going to the game store. Yeah. And every that like feeling that they kind of almost miss out on. Yeah, I mean, I remember. Um, so with me, I probably was probably about the same age as you actually initially when I first started getting into. Well, it was computers and gaming, to be honest. Uh, I. I got my first uh, computer when I was seven. Um, yeah. Uh, it was a Amstrad CPC 464, which somebody was going to have to Google to see that machine. And, um, you know, it used to run off tapes, you know, cassette tapes. So the games would come on cassette tapes, not even on discs. 
yeah and you'd um in and they take half an hour to load you know or so and then you know what you played with you know was graphically obviously nothing compared to what we've got now but there was a lot more emphasis on gameplay because they knew that they you couldn't compete uh with raw power if you know what i mean you can't yeah. you know th- that that computer had an 8 bit processor and 64k k mm-hmm. of memory you know um so you know you weren't going to build the last of us with that um so was, so there was a lot more as i said based upon gameplay um i think my own gaming took off when i bought a an amiga and i got into the amiga ecosystem which would have been in a, in the early 90s um had an amiga 600 um which was probably the worst amiga of all of them but it was someone that we bought um and upgrade and then upgraded that to the amiga 1200 um which had a a, a better better chip and uh, ran at a enormous 14 megahertz you know um for the time and yeah. um we were running then off uh, floppy disks although you could get hard drives and install your games on hard drives and th- that period um so this would have been just pre pre playstation one i would have said you know that was a time of real kind of competition in the yeah. in the market i think nintendo were big then right yeah N- nintendo have always been big nintendo have always been big but they've always been big in slightly different ways to um everything else so when nintendo first came out they came out with their nintendo uh the nes system in 1988 which came at the same time as the sega master system um and again there was a bit of about uh, there was a lot about exclusivity you know you could only play mario or any version thereof um on the nintendo you know you couldn't get that for any of the segas similarly you couldn't play sonic um sonic the hedgehog on anything else but a sega um yeah. and it was re- uh, and it was 91 92 uh i think was pivotal because the Super Nintendo came and the Super Nintendo was a mass um was a massive leap from the year before or the mm-hmm. the years before and came bund and it actually came bundled with some of the best games even now you would say right you know so it came Super Mario Kart you know it came with uh, oh, yeah. st- the original Street Fighter 2 you know there was apparently a Street Fighter 1 no nobody you know you can find it views of it on the internet somewhere but you know, everybody remembers uh, uh, Street Fighter Two, and um, you know it. It had the 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 controller almost uh, the way that we think of it now. You know the D pad kind of uh, concept. You know before a lot of it was joystick, and you would play a lot of games with the joystick, um, especially in the really early days, like with the Ataris and the Spectrums. But you know, even further on, when I was using my Amiga, I was still using. Uh, a joystick and later bought a third party d-pad uh to play um and you know there, there was a lot of you know competition going on um microsoft wasn't particularly um up with the you know they weren't really they looking at the game they weren't really looking at the gaming crowd they look you know i uh, pcs at the time were pretty much thought of as you know workhorses for 
enterprise and home office and or office in general yeah. um uh, but but you know um developers being developers they started uh, started developing for the pc platform as well mm-hmm. and then in um 1995 the world changed and the world yeah. changed with the introduction of the playstation the sony playstation this completely mm-hmm. shook everything up you know um up until then as i said you had a number of players and a number of players each with you know uh fingers in different pies so you had the nintendo with the super with the super nintendo but you also had the game yeah. boy which has their handheld you know you had um atari computers but the atari also made their own handheld console the atari lynx uh which was it was cool man um sega Sega had the Sega uh, um, Genesis uh, Genesis or Mega Drive, depending which region you were in. They tried to upgrade that to CD format. They, they were all using cartridges at the time, and they wanted to yeah. move. And they want people were wanting to move over to CDs because they could see they could get much more uh, data on there. Um, mm-hmm. But but they kind of bungled it up. You know they did. You know they added add-ons and this and that and. Um, if anybody's interested there's a a good set of videos on youtube by a guy called nostalgia nerd who looks but you know looks back and you know looks at some of these uh devices um nintendo and sony had actually had a prior relationship and they were nintendo were in talks with sony uh to uh build a new system and nintendo uh in what you could probably call an act of hubris decided uh, that um Sony wasn't worth going with you know that you know they, they weren't a very good junior partner and you know that they were better to do things themselves mm-hmm. well that didn't work PlayStation yeah. PlayStation 1 came on the scene and suddenly you know what you had was uh, a company with huge amounts of money a revenue from other sources which is important because meaning that you can even have a loss making business but you can get market share yeah? yeah and use your other parts of your business you know your videos and your hi-fis and your washing machines and your TVs or whatever to subsidize um this product right in a way that none of the others could Nintendo Sega you know none of them could kind of do that um and you know it it, it really took off um the um Sega tried uh, competing uh, with the Sega Saturn um which was all kind of okay Nintendo um seemed to have lost the plot a little bit um and they uh, they came up with uh the uh, the GameCube and then they came up with the um, N64 um and you know the, the you know their market uh diminished rapidly and Sony just became this behemoth and um that this is when Microsoft started taking things seriously because Microsoft saw what Sony were doing you know a newcomer into a space huge company and in a move which to be honest was still even now it surprises me knowing what Microsoft was like at the time you yeah. know they came up with the Xbox you know i i you know even now if i think about it and i think about the culture of microsoft and the way that microsoft operates and the way 
of they are. You know, they're, they're not a first-party company. You know, mm-hmm. like, if we take it out of gaming, if you just look at normal laptops, right? 95% of laptops are made by a third party, aren't they? Lenovo, mm-hmm. HP, uh, Dell, whatever, mm-hmm. yeah? Um, there's only a small sliver of Microsoft ones, you know, Microsoft Surface uh, devices, mm-hmm. right? So their business model has always been a case of we will, um, you know, we, we, we just want our services on the platforms. So now to come up themselves and say, here's, here's something, right? Um, yeah. And then also it was also the time of, the, it's also the time when the first person shooter really became, you now have yeah. the processing ability to do proper first-person shooter games. You know I mean? There was... There was also that new type of controller that the PlayStation primary still has as well, wasn't there? Yeah. Where that came out with the PlayStation 1 or maybe a bit earlier, but... Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it, it came out... It definitely... It definitely wasn't earlier than the PlayStation 1, I'll tell you that. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, trying, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head whether the PlayStation 1 had it. I know definitely the PlayStation 2 and I know the Xbox had it. And the, the, and this was the idea of like almost like a dual D pad, you know, yeah. where you had um, it wasn't just a case of going up left right now. You know, you could look around as well as uh, mm-hmm. uh, advancing forwards and backwards and things like that. Um, you know, and that just changed uh, the landscape uh, completely. Um, Nintendo did kind of get its act uh, together, but realized that it needed to. It couldn't compete on hard specs. And so it needed to compete in different ways. So I suppose in the 2000s, what you saw was, you know, the Wii, for example, um, yes. the uh, the DS, you know, um, devices which weren't necessarily powerful, but they were just fun to use. And, you yeah, know, I mean, the Wii was a big game changer as well. Yeah. It involved more like physical activity and like Xbox and PlayStation tried to cop- copy that kind of with their like Kinect and the PlayStation camera and stuff, but they couldn't quite pull it off, I don't think, the same way. No, I don't think so. I think I think the Wii tapped into something and everybody else couldn't kind of get behind it. Did you ever have an Xbox Kinect? Yeah, I had a Kinect, but I kept it for like a month and sold it because it was practically useless. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think that's uh, pretty much the... Exp- I had a PlayStation Move is what they called it. The PlayStation yeah. Move. And again, it was well, it, it was just such a, it was such, such right? it was such a it was such a faff to sort out, you know, yeah. getting it going and this that and the other. And then, it, you know, uh, once you did kind of get it going, it was good, but it it was limited to by the support that it got. So if you didn't get if you didn't have the support from software developers, then you you know you'd. Uh, yeah, in this game, you know, of uh, gaming, development is key, you know, and, yeah. um, you know, the, uh, I think, you know, this is also the time when he started getting the big game houses as well. I mean, there'd been a couple before, like Capcom and Electronic Arts and stuff, but you got, you know, a whole load of, um, you know, I think Epic, Bethesda, you know, Steam came in, you know, started coming in. Yeah. You know, the Valve was a big one at the beginning. Yeah, Valve. Yes, Valve was. Uh, Valve. Was, you could also argue that Valve was a game changer yeah, as well. In that, in that yeah. it was, um, it, you know, it went to the digital realm because now, you know, we we all had broadband and we could all download, 
you know, at a reasonable rate. Um, yeah. Online playing became a thing, you know. So, um, that's kind of, uh, and you know, for, for someone like me who grew up on um, Amigas and Nintendos and Segas in the early 90s, um, having a bit of a hiatus, which I did because I was uh, studying medicine um, at the time, uh, trying to get mm-hmm. back into it, the landscape had changed a lot. And I found the, that it was slightly higher barrier for entry for me because I'd already got some muscle memory that worked in a particular way and I couldn't really adapt in the same way to yeah, the new controllers mean. and stuff like that. I mean, you could just say I'm just crap. I mean, there's also that. But I mean, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd like to think there's a little bit uh, more than that. One avenue um, that... I haven't really discussed is uh, portable gaming. Um, did you ever have a, a, a Nintendo DS? Or yeah, I definitely it? did. And one thing I loved about the DS is I don't know if any people did this, but you used to like be able to go to like some weird ass place and get a one cartridge with about 60 games on it. And that was like the best thing I'd ever discovered in my life. I just remember. <laughs> I, there's actually um, the original DS uh actually had two ports on it uh, you know for yeah. cartridges you could yeah you could you could put you could, yeah you could put uh an actual ds cartridge in or you could put a game boy advance cartridge in it um mm-hmm. having said that i never ever found a game boy advance cartridge to ever put in it you know yeah um the games on it were different weren't they i mean they were uh i mean y- you didn't get your first person shooters that's for sure yeah, I mean, they kind of brought games like Pokemon, which are like big, big, like almost maybe one of the biggest games in the world now. Yeah. It was like the first time you could experience anything like that. And it was all those like platform 2D games they really tried to harness. Yeah. And um, they, they seem, you know, the, uh, you know, it worked really well. I mean, I don't, I, I think the 3DS was uh, a little bit unnecessary I think everybody yeah. got caught up with the three D craze in the early two thousand tens, and yeah. I mean here we are ten years later. I mean, not many of us have got a three D TV. Not many of us are doing yeah. anything in three D. To be honest, you don't even choose to watch movies in three D anymore. Mostly, yeah. Even even if you can, you can't. Yeah, I mean, I go to the pictures, and I actively choose not to go to a three D. Yeah, that's it. It's just too much hassle and yeah, and more relaxing. Not yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, it doesn't bring anything to the table, uh, you know. One once you've seen the one or two party tricks that it can do, like um, you know, things pointing at you or whatever. It after that, yeah. it's kind of very stale. Uh, the best place it was done in the movie, I think, was Avatar, which is one of the first, and yeah. it still remains probably one of the best three D experiences. Nothing else really. I can't think of many films which I mean, you gained while doing 3D. I remember the 3DS also to bring like augmented reality into into a bit. Mm-hmm. So I remember that it came with these cards that you could use, and you could use the camera on the 3DS as reverse and front camera, mm-hmm. and you could use them to just pick up the cards and put them on the table, and they'd like bring characters to life, which you can just look at through the screen and control them in like your real world. Cool, that's cool. That's interesting because augmented reality has recently made a a big kind of um, 
I wouldn't say a big resurgence, but you know, it's a, it's something that people are thinking about a lot, uh, manufacturers wise. Yeah. Mean, Samsung have AR mm, zone. Now there's virtual reality as well. Yeah. So see, that's kind of stepped into it, like in the past like five, six years. But it's, I guess it's a bit too expensive right now for most people to delve into. Um, you know the funny thing about virtual reality is actually how old it is. Virtual reality, mm-hmm. the first ever virtual reality device, was released in 1993. It was the Virtual Boy. It was uh, Nintendo's one. And uh, it was okay, uh, a Game Boy type thing, but it was static. You couldn't walk around with it. Cause you, had, you had to kind of sit in a chair with these goggles on and stuff uh, and play it. Um... But, uh, so, you know, it, it, it was around and, you know, I remember people in the mid nineties were, especially with PCs taking off, um, and the kind of monopolization of the market by, you know, consolidation into, uh, Microsoft and Sony with Nintendo on the side, Sega died and just became a software company. Amiga completely died. Uh, Atari died, you know, so the, the, these were the people that were left and, um, I think at the time they at the time I think uh, they didn't see a role for VR or the technology wasn't there, um, but now in the last say f- yeah four or five years we see you know we've seen a resurgence of it. It started off with the Oculus Rift, didn't it? That yeah, was, I that mean, was the, the quality first one. is like a million times better now as well. Yes, they really like I think they've kind of invested in it so much that they've almost not. I'm sure it can improve more, but they've almost perfected it. Mm-hmm. But what that's also done is not made it like too affordable for most people. Mm. So like the vibe is around six hundred pounds, and like I don't think most people are ready to like commit to it that much. Mm. Well, that's a fair point. But on the other hand, if you're really dedicated to gaming, and you get a gaming rig like yourself, then that's yeah. I mean you know that's only the cost of probably about two graphics cards. Yeah, you know, you know. So, it's um, it's a kind of watch. I think it's um another one of these things which sounds great, feels great, but you don't know how great it is, right? Um, because when an idea kicks off, you want to use it all the time, yeah. right? And if an idea doesn't kick off, then it just becomes uh, a bit of a gimmick. Right. So mm-hmm. I my first experience with VR was with phones, actually, with uh, Samsung uh, Gear VR, where you would plug yeah. your uh, Samsung Galaxy S6 into a VR headset. And, you know, you could you could do VR with that, and with, which was surprisingly good. Um, Google Cardboard uh, was another thing. Um, where where you used your phone as that which had the horsepower to to drive the content, um, in the gaming space, um, after the Oculus Rift, um, uh, Facebook bought Oculus if I remember correctly, and Facebook yeah. made a big play about VR and kind of you know three uh, D uh, photography and stuff like that didn't really take off as much as people thought 
Then, I think what you said earlier comes into it as well because I don't think the software companies or like the gaming developing companies haven't like fully committed it to it either. Yeah. Because when you think about it, there's not really that many games or that not that many big titles. There's kind of like only spin-off games or like short like two minute videos and stuff that you can do on them. Yeah. Um, the next VR thing I got was the PlayStation VR uh, for the PS4, um, which was really good actually and was very immersive. But God, was it a faff to set up. You know, every time you wanted to set it up, you had to... It, it was almost like the PlayStation Move again, you know? Yeah. You, you know, you had to get the camera right and this right and that right and then put a USB into this and then USB into that. Nothing was... Everything was wired. Nothing was wireless, yeah? Mm-hmm. And um, I genuinely, genuinely used it twice, yeah. Yeah. Um. You know, to, to, to play some of the games that it came with, and then after that, um, I just uh, you know I just didn't I never got round to you know setting it up again. As you know, I was going through some house moves at the time as well. Um, yeah. Uh, and I I just didn't just didn't just couldn't be bothered with it, frankly. And in the end, I actually just walked into Computer Exchange and just said, "Here's a." you know, VR headset, uh, PlayStation VR, give me some money. Because I'm yeah. just I'm just not using this. I'm just not using it. And, uh, you know, so, um, but phones have become an important part of gaming as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, we touched on it earlier. You know, you get gaming phones. And some people say that, actually, the biggest gaming platform um is the iPhone and the iPad? Uh, do you I guess it does have like the large demographic out there. So, do you think? Uh, do you? What do you think of the mobile gaming market? Um, I think it's also like gone through progressions over the years, and I'd say for the most part, it's getting better. Because I remember starting out, there were like games like Clash of Clans and things that are still like having updates regularly nowadays and people are still playing them like every day and also like those um games where you like candy crush and stuff where you have to like match the shapes and the colors those games kind of like tend to a lot of people of a lot of different ages and that's something i think that the phone gaming market really like harnessed yeah i mean i think what it did what because you know i suppose it's been a bit of a theme through uh, the last fifteen, well, yeah, the last fifteen years is that gaming. Whilst it got better, the barrier to entry became higher. You know, whether it may may be cost, whether it may be, um, you know, uh, the equipment that you need, the controllers or whatever. It just became, uh, or if you, or if, for example, if you're a PC, you know, you have to have a bloody good PC. You need to have a good graphics card. You need to invest money into it. Um, and so I think there was a there was a, a, um, a, a whole lot of people that just weren't exposed to gaming in that same way until they started getting iPhones and Galaxies and Google Pixels in their pockets, which are basically personal computers, basically, yeah. you know, uh, which, you know, happen to do a bit of phone and messaging stuff. But basically they're computers. And 
the ca the idea of the casual gamer, the idea of someone who who's not a um gonna spend seven hours on Counter Strike or um on Fortnite or whatever it may be, but it's just sitting there waiting in a queue and plays Angry Birds or plays Candy Crush. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Something that you can dip in and out, in and out of. You know, um, I think yeah. that I think that's been like a real explosion. There are proper triple A titles that you can get, you know, with especially now with some of the horsepower in some of the phones, there's more than yeah. laptops, you know. I know they're remaking a lot of games for phones as well, like Assassin's yeah. Creed, I think, was one of them. Yeah, 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 yeah. And now you can get controllers, um, which will kind of fit onto the sides of your phones. So that yeah. you could, so you've got like a D pad and stuff like that. Um, I sometimes think the Nintendo Switch is Nintendo's answer to mobile gaming because PlayStation, uh, Sony had a, a portable gaming platform. They had the PSP, and then mm -hmm. they had the PS Vita, but you know they just couldn't kind of compete when it came to when it came to the phones because and they weren't the, uh, they weren't as powered. They were a separate yeah. device didn't have, with limited functionality and you didn't get the casual gamer you know someone had to go out of their way to get yeah. this and you know and go for it um so i i sometimes wonder whether the nintendo switch with its kind of it's, it's mobile when you want it it's uh you know static and living room when you want it it's motion control yeah. when you want it it's dual, dual when you in just normal d-pad when you want it you know um, I, I, I wonder if that's that's Nintendo's answer. I mean, what do you think? I mean, Nintendo have always been quite good at doing things like that and being the original and kind of like, um, like the same thing with like the DS where they brought in like backwards compatibility and like many games consoles have picked up on that now. But like, Nintendo are good at like getting ahead of the game and trying to like answer like, like as you said against the f uh, phone gaming and stuff. Hmm. Okay. So now that you know, uh, you must have seen the teaser uh, launch event kind of thing for the PS Five. Uh, mm -hmm. What did you think about that? To me, the most interesting part about it was the fact that there's actually two different versions of the console, or maybe more. Well, there's like a digital version and one with like a CD like slot as well. Mm -hmm. And I, I believe they're going to be like differently priced and things, but. I think that's. Uh, I think Xbox are about to do the same thing as well, and I think it's a good way to like um, reach out to more people because there's still like that community of people who still want to get like the hard disc and the hard copy of the game, but then there's also that those people who don't want to like spend an extra like fifty pounds, which they might be able to save just getting a digital version of the console. Mm -hmm. I think it's quite interesting that they're almost kind of testing the waters and being able to ditch the fact that games might not have to be released as hard copies anymore. Yeah, um, it's it's an interesting move, and I'll tell you why I think it's an interesting move. Um, the play I I remember when I bought my PlayStation Two, and actually when I bought my PlayStation Three, that both times, the fact that in the back of my mind, well, if I even if I don't get along with the games, I've got a good DVD player, yeah. or. Even if I don't get along with the games, I've got a first-rate Blu-ray player. Yeah, I think really uh, pushed, 
you know, DVDs and Blu-rays. You know, um, so, you know, late 90s, early 2000s, everybody was still on VHS. We were still using videos, right, for watching yeah. movies and things like that, um, which were at a comical 40 uh, PS, for, you know, 480 PS. You know, you know, we talk about 720p and 1080p and 4K and 8K now. Yeah, it's kind of comical. Um, and then, you know, DVDs came out. And for some people, I remember at the time, it was a case of, well, why why should I replace my videos, which I've got, which were, you know, perfectly fine with DVDs? You know, it's, mm-hmm. why bother, right? But now, if you, by default, put a DVD player in everybody's, uh, living room because they've decided to buy a PS2 for the games, then it yeah. uh, massively accelerated the sales of DVDs. And within, oh, within maybe like a two-year period, videos just disappeared. VHS, mm-hmm. video recorder, nada, nothing. Yeah, Industry had decided and the industry had found a good way. Um, and... There was a little bit about, oh, these are HD. I mean, they were 720. Yeah. They were 720p, which is better than before. Um, but, I don't, but I don't think people bought DVDs for the quality, per se. Um, when, it comes to, when it comes to Blu-ray, there was another interesting dynamic. And that was the... Um, uh, you're, you're probably going to be too... You're, you're too young to know. Well, you might know about it. Have you, did you ever hear about the Betamax VHS Wars? No, not really. So in the early 80s, when um, video as a platform was gaining traction, you know, the idea of having your own personal video cassette with where you watch a mo- on which you watch your movies or, you know, record, you know, things with, you know, with a camcorder or whatever. There were, yeah. two, com- there were two competing formats. And there was one which was backed heavily by Sony called Betamax. Mm-hmm. And there was one which was backed uh, by a consortium of others. I think it was mainly JVC. Um, but I think Philips also. Um, maybe Panasonic as well, I think. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. Anyway, Betamax was clearly the superior platform, right? You know, you got more quality, more storage. Uh, it was more compact, you know. But the thing was damn expensive. You know, to make mm-hmm. a Betamax player was expensive. Um, and it was only Sony pushing it, while the other uh, OEMs were all pushing VHS. Mm-hmm. And so Betamax died a death pretty quickly. You know, within three to four years, um, nobody had heard of... I think I, have, I think I only ever saw one Betamax tape in, in, in real life, if you know what I mean. Um, yeah. And that too was like, oh, you got the, one of them old, one of them Betamaxes. Well, let's have a look. You know, it was a novelty item, you know. And I think Sony felt that quite a lot. So that when the next kind of uh, physical medium war came, which was Blu-ray and HD DVD, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, they pushed Blu-ray like anything, you know. Obviously, putting a Blu-ray player into the PS3. Um, you know, they, at that, at this time, they also did have a stake in the movie business. So they could, uh, you know, say we will release only our 
a content on Blu-ray when not on HD DVD. Mm-hmm. Um HD DVD was actually cheaper. Um and I remember you, the Xbox 360 didn't come with it but you could get an add-on with which you could then start you know playing but the fact that you had to get an add-on rather than being already built in hampered yeah. it. And I think um I mean it was launched in 2006 and I think in 2009 was the last HD DVD made and you know everybody just went over to Blu-ray. You know so yeah. um cuz Sony was committed to not making the mistakes of Betamax. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. um and again as I said a lot of the way of driving it was the fact that well even if people i mean i remember actually at exactly the same time actually my my ps4 buying decision a lot of it was based up sorry my ps3 buying decision a lot of it was based upon the fact that well this is going to be in my mom's house right i ain't going to play it that much cuz i'm not living at my mom's um but she'll have a she'll have a good blu-ray player though yeah yeah so you know not that she watches particularly many blu-rays but my sister and i do you know and so you know we'd sit there and we'd watch and we'd go whoa man quality 1080p now it was full hd now it was we were full hd and full yeah. hd is you know it, it, i can't watch anything less than full hd now i i have difficulty it's, you know talk about your first world problem yeah yeah <laughs> um even on youtube if they start you know if you start watching a video and it's less than that you get a bit annoyed it's, you know it yeah. disrupts your experience um so i i i worry a little bit that the ps5 by going down this route it's not actually uh all it's doing is it's it's preaching to the converted you know if you're already yeah if you're already I see what you mean yeah, yeah if you're already hardcore into playstation right you've got you know you've got a massive account you've got loads of games and stuff like that right um you don't really need uh, uh, to have the the physical disc in fact you've not even probably been buying many of your games as it is uh, yeah. physically already you know you've just been getting them um um uh, di- digitally anyway um mm-hmm. so that's uh, so that's great for them but you're not going to expand the market are you by doing yeah. that i mean you're saying that um playstation have been like kind of catering to the market over the years Yeah. So do you think like the things like Netflix, Disney Plus and all these like, all these other things coming out which you can I presume get on the PS5 to just watch movies and TV shows like that. Do you think that helped them decide on having that version of the PS5 without the discs slot? Um I think um that's a very interesting question. Um if you if we, if we rewind a little bit to the Xbox One announcement Mm-hmm. Uh, which would have been which is what 2013 Ex- yeah. uh, Microsoft made a big deal about how this was a wasn't just a games console this was a you know a media center it was uh, I mean Nef- Netflix was in its infancy at the time but you know you did have digital downloads legal or illegal you did have digital downloads you know um and you know they they made a big deal about that to this to the effect that i don't know i don't know if it worked in the uk but i know in america you could connect it up to your cable tv and yeah. and your xbox yeah, my friend did that. yeah your xbox would become your uh, 
pay, you know, your TV box, you know, your Sky TV box or whatever, as well as your gaming. And, you know, you could watch telly on one half of the screen and your gaming on the other half yeah. uh, of the screen. Um, and it didn't really work because PlayStation, Sony came out with a completely different thing. Do you remember their tagline for the gamers? Yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, that was a dig at Microsoft. That was a dig. That was a dig to say, yeah, 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 yeah. Our machine can do all sorts of stuff like that as well. But you know what? We we're, we're here for the games. We're here for the gamers. You know, mm-hmm. and I often think that's the reason why they uh, succeeded. Um, I do use uh streaming stuff on my PS Four. You know, Netflix and Amazon and uh, iPlayer and stuff like that. Um, yeah. And if I'm watching a movie, off like, uh, we've been finishing off our Star Wars collection. We bought yeah. the bought the recent uh, Rise of Skywalker, which was a diva- massive disappointment, I must say. Uh, but I still bought it because I had to. I had to have the whole set. Um, and you know, we yeah, we bought it as a physical medium, and that's what we use the PS4 for. And so I think that by having this digital. You know, they must be pretty confident that there is a large demographic out there which is happy to completely do away with physical media. Yeah. You know, um, otherwise, you know, why would they? Why would they do it otherwise? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I don't. I'm not sure what the. I mean, you're gonna have to update me since you're the more guy in the know than me. Uh, what the Xbox Series, or what the hell they called. Xbox Series X or something yeah. is what mm-hmm. the ne- is what the next lot of Xboxi Boxium. Well, I don't know what the collective noun for uh, an Xbox is. Um, are th- are they going down a similar way? I'm not sh- quite sure on the disc stuff, but I know what they're doing is also releasing different versions, but with like different amounts of storage and different processing power. And I bl- I think the main thing they're doing with that is. Uh, having different like price options for people who are buying so mm-hmm. one will obviously be more affordable but the more expensive version of the xbox series x will be able to run games at higher quality for example okay. i think that's what they're going for um do you think 4k gaming really is a thing i don't think it will do that well right now because looking at the playstation 5 and the xbox in general if you do run a 4K game, you'll be lucky to get like solid, like smooth 60 FPS out of it. And even though it's capped at that, I'm pretty sure it will drop below that mostly, especially when they're rendering like big cutscenes and things. I think they're going to find it quite hard to find the right balance between like having a choppy cutscene and one that's like you're buying it to watch, like the beauty of what they've created. I mean, as uh, I don't know, is your screen 4K that you have? Um, no. I just wanted to. I, I just wanted to know if some you know if someone who has actually used four K, you know what whether whether they no one noticed the difference or or number two, you know uh can't go back in the same way that as I said you can't go back to standard definition once you've been on HD, you know. Um, yeah. I think that would. I, th- I think uh that would be. I feel be like it's almost like um this thing with three D. It's mm-hmm. definitely a big upgrade, and I think in the future everything will become four K eventually. But I don't think it's as big as like the like the um the Hertz issue and stuff. Yeah, I think it's um 
See, the, uh, capitalism requires uh, a new product every time. Yeah. Uh, I've been obviously following the mobile phone space, smartphone space for, oh, wow, a decade. Okay, wow. Um, and every couple of years, you see something which is um, brought forward as the, you know, the next big thing. You know, in the mobile ecosystem, so mm-hmm. where that be smart watches and wearables, uh, yeah. uh, or VR or AR, you know, augmented reality. Um, Mika Mike talked about this hollow lens and mixed reality platform, um, yeah. and they never really kind of take off because they're always a solution to a problem nobody had. Nobody mm-hmm. sat there and went, Wouldn't it be great? If instead of having my phone in my pocket, I had it on my wrist, yeah. you know. Um, I mean, do you remember the Google Glasses and thing? Yeah, I, 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 I remember the Google Glass, and that was um, that was a fascinating idea. I don't know I why they didn't push that. It kind of just like faded away, and nothing really happened with it. Yeah, I think uh, a, a lot of it was to do with development. Uh, again, uh, I think at the time, because it was what twenty fourteen time, the horsepower wasn't there. You know, mm-hmm. I think the battery life, if you were, if you had a Google Glass on and you were recording everything that you're seeing, right, the mm-hmm. battery would die in 40 minutes. Okay. You know, so it, it stopped being a, um, it, it just wasn't viable. I think now with the chipsets that we've got now and the horsepower that we have now, that I think, you know, and I think there has been some discussion about, you know, uh, Reinventing Google Glass. But I mean, if you look at um, smartwatches, for example, you know, they've only really kind of taken off once they were repositioned more as fitness trackers. Mm-hmm. You know, step counters and calories and uh, this, that and the other. It's only then that did people start getting uh, Apple Watches or uh, Galaxy Gear Watches or uh, yeah. Android Wear uh watches um so i think you know some of these things they 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 kind of put on as this is the next big new thing wow everybody get excited and people don't because they didn't need it um it's only when you know something and an aspect of it becomes compelling do they then uh, become something. So as I, as I said, the example of smartwatches and whatever. I think with when it comes to virtual reality, I don't think it'll be virtual reality. I think it'll be augmented reality. I mean, we've already seen it. What was it with Pokemon Go? Yeah. You know, remember the? I mean, it seemed like the UK went crazy that summer. Yeah. I mean, the whole world did. Yeah. I mean, you know, people were walking into flipping train tracks and stuff like that, not realizing where they were going. You know, mm-hmm. or, uh, and stuff like that. Um, I think you can still get Pokemon Go, can't you? Yeah, it's definitely a big thing. They're, they continue to update it still. Yeah. So, um, cool. All right. So, uh, what do you think is the future then? Where are we headed next? Do you mean like after the PS5 and things? Yeah. And then, you know, say the next decade. Um, I mean, I know everything's always like improving like for example new graphics cards higher specs everything 
So I think eventually you'll see a lot of people moving towards PC. The only thing I think holding them back now is the amount of money you have to invest into it. Yeah. Because to like, actually get into gaming, you always have to spend like maybe 300, 400 pounds. Yeah. But to get into gaming properly for a PC, it might go up to like 1,000, 1,500 or something. Yeah. But I think that's probably what holds people back right now. Yeah. But then again, with the new generation of kids coming up now, their whole world has been like Fortnite and things. Mm-hmm. So with them already being into like those type of games, like kind of first person shooter, I feel like growing up they might tend towards a, P- a keyboard and mouse, so that might also help the shift to PC. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, uh, Hash, thanks for joining us on this uh, lockdown evening for this uh, episode of the Atypical Anesthetista podcast. I think it's been yeah. an interesting conversation. I think we've both brought interesting stuff to the table. Uh, and it's not just been an old man talking to a young man kind of situation. Um, are, you, uh, are you one of these influencers on Instagram or uh, Twitch or anything like that? If anybody wants to kind of catch up, anybody wants to catch up with what you're up to, is there any way they can get a hold of you? I mean, my Twitter handle is uh, at fr underscore hash, which is just H-A-S-H. Yeah. So if there's anything you want to ask me or anything, just oh. hit me up there. Cool, man. Cool, man. Well, uh, thanks a lot, Hash. Uh, and uh, yeah, I hope you in, uh, uh, enjoy uh, lockdown gaming 24-7, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, for as long as you can. Um, yeah. Chaps, so I think this is uh, the best time to sign out. Uh, I've been your host... Uh, a squared a i.e the atypical anesthetist this has been hash we've been talking about gaming tune in for the next episode peace out thank you